Yeah, yeah, yeah! Come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate. Don't make that mistake. Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now only 273 shopping days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday movies and TV shows all year round. Since 2015, we've been putting this show on for you fine people. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my good friend, Mr. B. Radford. Brad, what's happening? Affix thy seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ride. That's now, right, folks. How are you? I am doing just fine. My my beer has been has been popped, and I'm ready to roll. Love it. Love it. Uh, where's John? John uh, would not be joining us tonight. Uh, he had a Felix-related emergency to attend to right before the show started. Uh, so... Uh, we wish him and his cat Felix all the best. Uh, I'm sure you, 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 you people, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, you might have seen the GoFundMe page that uh, we kind of boosted for John and Karen about a month ago for their cat Felix. He's been having some medical issues, and uh, they need some help getting him the tests, the tests and the medicines that he needs to get back back in good, healthy order. Um, so we're gonna re, we're gonna sort of reboost that uh, GoFundMe page uh, this week with the podcast. So if you have uh, listen to the show for any length of time. You've probably heard Felix sort of bump up against the mic and purr into the microphone once or twice. Uh, we love Felix here on, on Christmas Creeps, and we hope he gets the care that he needs. So uh, if, you ha- if you can donate, you know, that would be great. We, we love you. Uh, if not, you know, retweet the link. That would be help- a, lot- a big help, too. With your help, we can help Felix Felix better. Oh, Brad, that was that. Did you hurt yourself? It, it it came out of my mouth. Did you did you pull a muscle doing that one? It, it I I really did. And when you know how they say it's, you should really let yourself fall if you're going to fall and not try to catch yourself. Um, mm-hmm. when doing you know, puns and and I I tried to catch myself there and I really ended up paying for it. But seriously, uh, <laughs> the act of creation is a painful process. <laughs> as about as is about to be evidenced. Um. <laughs> No. Oh, um, uh, but yeah, welcome to Christmas Creeps. Uh, this is uh, Red Happy Happy Red Boxing Day, everybody. Yeah. Uh, this is the time of year when all of last year's holiday hits are starting to show up on your Red Boxes, your video streamers, uh, as with the, the film that we're talking about today. Uh, 2018's, or I guess 2017, technically, it was a festival hit, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a... I guess in three short words, a zombie Christmas musical. It which, is those things. Which, as 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 uh, John pointed out in in our uh, back channel, uh, that is definitely three words strung together. Um, and we'll we'll get in, we'll get into a little bit about what makes that movie tick in just a few minutes. But first, I do have one quick order of business. Yes. Um, we haven't done this segment in a hot minute, and I think it's time we bring it back around again. So candy season is almost over for the year. As If you follow the show for any length of time, you know we our theory about uh, candy season and barbecue season. Barbecue season's almost here, but candy season's last big hurrah is Easter, and Easter is right around the corner. Uh, so for this 
week's episode of we haven't we don't have a name for this segment really. I think it's just uh, one of us eats candy into the microphone. That I have is with me the name of the segment. One of us eats candy into the microphone. TM. Uh, <laughs> I have with me a Reese's peanut butter cream egg, which yes. I I don't you know if these are new. I've certainly never seen them before. I am familiar with a Reese's egg, like it's just a Reese's peanut butter cup, but in right, but egg shape. But, but this egg is shape. peanut butter cream egg. This is like a, like like the Cadbury cream eggs, but it's a Reese's brand egg, and I'm assuming that it's full of peanut butter. But it's is it a you know you know how the have you had the Reese's eggs before where it's just an egg shape and then they extrude it upwards like half an inch is it yeah, that or yeah. is it like a fully round like actual Cadbury egg where it's like a 3D egg this is a fully round like 3D egg yeah it's Ooh. it's exactly the same shape as the Cadbury eggs cuz i'm not a candy guy but i do like reese's and i do like the fact that the reese's egg basically gives you more peanut butter to chocolate and if this mm-hmm. is a is this this is effectively a sphere of peanut butter covered with a thin shell of chocolate that's something i can get behind have you ever had I, um I'm hoping, yeah. yeah. Have you ever had Buckeyes? No. Are you familiar with Buckeyes? No, what's um, that? I'm going to out my family as being from <laughs> Ohio here, but uh, they're, they're a confection where, a homemade confection where you take peanut butter and mix it with a little bit of flour. I think you also add sugar to the peanut butter. And then you roll Ooh. them into balls and then you dip them in chocolate and let the chocolate harden on top of them. So it's basically like a homemade air sats. Um, Reese's cup almost. I'll have to bring you some next Christmas because we make I can them get behind Christmas. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like that idea. Um, of course, mostly they're called Buckeyes. I'm sure they're called other things elsewhere, but they're called Buckeyes because of the Ohio State University's uh mascot, which I, as far to my knowledge, is the only nut mascot in existence in college huh. sports. Um. Hmm. And my wife and I, as a slight aside, I don't want to. I don't want to delay your candy eating too long. Uh, we went to a game recently, uh, and people say "Go Bucks," and we had a lot of fun just secretly saying because in the shout "Go Nuts" instead, let's go nuts. You'd be like <laughs> one, two, three, go nuts. It was, a, it was a good time was had by all, and that's about the most fun that we had at that game. Because we're so not I, sports people. <laughs> so I have I've just taken a bite of this thing. How is it? It is literally... I was worried that when it said peanut butter cream, it would be like the Cadbury cream, but peanut butter flavored. No, mm-hmm. it is literally filled with the Reese's peanut butter. Oh. This is a dangerous confection. That sounds heavenly, actually. Mm. They know what I want, and that's just that really sugary, grainy peanut butter. They didn't. They used to make. Couldn't you for a couple of years? Couldn't you just buy the Reese's stuff in a jar? I know I Reese's. Feel like they the, did that. They, I know they do have Reese's brand peanut butter, but I I've tried it and it's not the same. It doesn't have the same texture. So it's it's just. I'm sure the Reese's peanut butter in the cups is like really low quality. But you know what I'm talking about? It's, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. Like grainy. It's it's but it's consistent throughout. Yeah, it's there's not some, really peanut butter. There must be some kind of preservative that they're putting in one or the other to give it that that texture, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of like the thing where for the longest time people would look at me like I'm crazy, but if 
I, I'm, I've come around on chocolate chip cookies now, but for the longest time I didn't care much for the chocolate, but I liked the cookie part. But the cookie dough in a chocolate chip cookie still has a little bit of chocolate, so it's not the same as a sugar cookie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's got, it, like again, it's it's that texture. If they could bottle that lightning, if they could bottle that lightning, either the Reese's the Reese's cup filling in a jar or the chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chip, again, not a sugar cookie. Uh, you might be onto something there. I'm I might have to see if I can do one or the other and just quit this podcast forever. No, I'm just I, I kid. <laughs> well, I I would always do this. Well, I, I just finished it, and it was yeah, it was just a, a pure shot, a pure sphere. One that wasn't a sphere is egg shape. There's a pure egg filled with peanut butter, like Reese's peanut butter, and I kind of loved it. How so, how big was this egg? If it put it in terms of real eggs, is it about the size of a chicken egg? It's about the size of a small chicken, a small chicken egg. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's it's, so, it's exactly the same like shape and dimension of like a regular Cadbury cream egg. So, See that doesn't help me too much because it's been about fifteen <laughs> years since I've had a Cadbury cream egg. But a small chicken a, egg, could you yeah, cram it into your mouth whole all at once and just let it melt? Oh God, that's 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 asking too much. No, no, no. You know, it's it's about two inches tall, mm-hmm. um, about an, about an inch or so wide, I guess. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's basically a spherical version of the Reese's peanut butter egg shape mm. thing that we just talked mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. but in delightful egg shape wonderful and i i got mine at a sheets you know they had a big bin full of them right next to the big bin of cadbury cream eggs yeah you can get them for a dollar uh is great <laughs> it has Party. all of your nutrition that a growing boy needs for an entire day <laughs> yeah i i a cadbury uh a, a reese's peanut butter egg a, a bottle of beer uh what more do you need Really? Not much. A Reese's Energy Egg. Excellent. Oh, Excellent. God. Recommended? Recommended. Oh, if you, the thing you just said, like, if you can infuse this with a little bit of five-hour energy, too, oh, the sky's the limit. Just shove a caffeine tablet in there, and you're good to go. This is... <laughs> what we're really doing is, is we're... Uh, this is really a, a shill for uh, uh, hospitals and doctor's offices. Like, this is... <laughs> They, they I need, need three eggs on four four floor floor four. Stat, please. <laughs> oh god. So yeah, that's gonna get me through this this episode. Uh, Wonderful. All right, yeah. So uh, let's talk about this movie now. Let's let's Anna and the Apocalypse. Anna and the Apocalypse. Now this was this was my choice uh, this week because I figured it, you know we had watched enough garbage uh, lately. I figured we, it was time for something a little bit more. Uh, interesting, a little bit more festive and fun. And I had been hearing about this movie for the last, you know, six months. Like it was a big hit. Like I said, on the uh, the film festival circuit, made its way over from the UK, and now it's 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 you know here in our our red boxes and our Amazon Primes, uh, ready to be watched here in the middle of March. And I guess the first the first thing that I noticed about it, you know, sort of upon watching it was uh, there's really not a whole lot of Christmas to it. Yeah, I did have that and observation as well. I feel like that might have been a, a good calculation because this is one that you could definitely watch any time of year and not feel weird about it. Yeah. If you, if you wanted to. Now, okay, first, again, I keep saying this. First things first, 
Uh, Brad and I are of kind of two minds about this movie. Yes, we are. And we haven't hashed this out, so you're going to listen to us hash this out live. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you have any interest in Anna and the Apocalypse, it is a zombie film. And it does have plot twists, so you should probably watch it beforehand. Yes. Before uh, listening it... to this. We'll be here. Uh, go ahead and pause it. Uh, make yourself a nice nice cup of tea. It's a tight 90 minutes. So Yeah, that is... I'll give it credit for that. <laughs> it does not overstay its welcome. All right. Definitely uh, not. Okay. So I guess the quick and dirty... Uh, plot synopsis of Anna and the Apocalypse. We can get through this pretty fairly quickly. Yes. So Anna, Anna and the Apocalypse is a about a high school in Scotland where a zombie outbreak takes place during the holidays, specifically like overnight during the high school's big Christmas pageant. And our main character is Anna, who is a, who is a high school senior. She's about to um, take Graduate. a year off. She's yes. about to graduate and take a year off before college, and she has plans of traveling to Australia to see the world before she decides to go back to school. And this is kind of a, a point of contention between her and her dad, and also her and her best friend John, who uh, may or may not have a crush on Anna. We don't know. Uh, Actually, we, we, do, for, we do. We do know. know. It's <laughs> very obvious that he has feelings for her. It's pretty super duper obvious. I but, think he sings about it at some point because this is a musical. Don't forget. Yes, and 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 not in the sense that like oh it has one or two songs and then goes back to doing zombie stuff. No, this is a there are songs throughout the entire film. Yes, which much to my delight because I, once I realized that the the songs in this film were actually fairly decent, that kind of put me at ease a little bit because really there's I I liked the songs in this movie. There's nothing worse than a musical with terrible songs for for one thing. I and I guess. I didn't think they were awful, but I didn't. I didn't think they were. There were one or two numbers which were pretty good, but there, and 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 to be to be fair, there were one or two which were definitely not. Yes. Okay. Um, then I but, think we can agree on that at least. Yeah, but there there were a certain like the the first couple of numbers. I was like, okay, this is gonna this is going at a at a decent pace, and this is gonna come off well. And then certain num- certain numbers came back around, and yeah, uh, yeah, we're getting into I, what we thought of this. So let's just. I think I timed it. The outbreak starts at 25 minutes, which is thankfully there are definitely slower burns in the in zombie cinema. Yeah, yeah. So, and like we said, this is a tight 90 minutes, so they kind of get get to the point fairly fairly yeah. quickly, but not yeah. before really establishing who these people are and kind of what they're all about. Should we like, go through the dramatis pers- the rest of this cast of characters? Sure. Yeah. So you've got Anna. You've got John, her best, her BFF, and then there's uh, Nick, which is Anna's ex. They paint him as like the high school, for lack of a better term, if you'll excuse the term, the high school fuckboy kind of sort of guy. Yeah. He's yeah. like kind of halfway between a, a, a your typical just jock character slash bully character. Uh, he's kind of a jerk, but he kind of when push comes to shove, he's sort of the muscle that gets them through the the zombie plot. Right. And then, uh, then you've, you've got you've got their Sorry. friends, uh, Chris, who is sort of the filmmaker kid of the group. His whole thing is that you know he's trying to put together a sizzle reel of all his best like student films, and he's more inter- more interested in sort of the flash and the uh, effects than telling a decent story with the things that he does. Yes, 
And then his beau. His beau, his girlfriend is Lisa, who is, she's a singer. She doesn't get a whole lot to do in the film, but uh, eh, she's there. <laughs> and then we have the exchange slash recent arrival student. Whose name is Steph, but all throughout my notes, I wrote, I just wrote down her name as News Girl because, like, she's part of the, the student newspaper quote slash blog, and her whole thing is like she needs to record this story for the news, and she wants that to be her claim to fame, basically. Right, and her thing is that she recently came from the U.S. and her parents went on a vacation to Mexico without her, so uh, she is uh, uh, otherwise uh, unencumbered. She's having a bad time, though. And also, her girlfriend did not want to spend Christmas with her. So yes, she's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, oh, and then, that, oh, we, we, we have the... Uh, we have Anna's dad. Her Yeah, her dad is sort of the high school janitor. And then we have the... Yep. Comes into conflict with the... He's the vice principal, but he becomes sort of the headmaster of the school. Named, uh, his name is Savage. And he is a strange character. Yep. I mean, my, my primary note was that he is a domineering prick, but also he has these weird sort of apocalyptic delusions of being, I don't know what you would call it, but... Uh, we'll get into it, because this movie we'll get there, does yeah. go some places. It does. So, uh, the long and short of it is, like, most of our ca- most of our cast of characters are not present for the big uh, high school Christmas pageant, uh, which is where sort of the zombie outbreak takes place. And we really don't see, like, the zombies attack the school proper in the film. Hmm. Uh, but it's sort of the, the – the, most of the film takes place the next day after this when the zombie outbreak has already happened and Anna and her friends are trying to get back to the school so they can rescue her dad and Lisa and all the other characters while also fending off, you know, the zombies that have been plaguing the town. Yeah. And also remind reminding you that this is a musical, and there are musical numbers throughout the entire film. Yes. So, so having and then having said that, I will say this bears a lot of similarities to Shaun of the Dead, for better or for worse. Not even in the same class. All right. No, I no. Mean, it's listen. Yeah. Qualitatively, it is not. I will flat out say that. But yeah. you can tell they are try they are shooting for that star so and hard. Failing miserably. I wouldn't say miserably. They don't hit the mark, but they I applaud them for trying. Alright. This is so often I'm trying I'm willing to forgive a movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to play devil's advocate for a movie. We'll get into it, but well, anyways. I mean, let's let's get into it. So obviously, I was more fond of this movie than you were. Yeah. What ab- what about this movie didn't really click with you? There are a couple of things, and this makes for bad criticism. But my number one problem with it, and I guess I I will I'll be more specific in a moment. But it's just it's a weird production. There's. It checks all of the right boxes. By all intents and purposes, I should have really enjoyed this movie. British mm-hmm. zombie musical set at Christmas. Great, right? And that's Except that's that's like that's exactly why I wanted to do this because I thought this this would be fun. But just I I I just wasn't it. I don't know what it is about the production, but it just struck me as so weird the entire time. In its 
I just... I, I can't... Well, here, it bothered me because it was wasted potential. And I'll get into my actual problems with, with it, but... Right. So here's uh, one th- one thing that I noticed kind of right up front. Uh, you would assume that this was this would be a comedy. It kind of isn't. And I think that's my major problem with it. Is that it's... Not that it's not funny, but that there are no jokes. It, there are no this movie t- does take itself fairly seriously. And that's where I was going to go with it. And I said this in the group chat, but this is Pick a Lane, the movie. Because it's really trying to have its cake and eat it, too. Like, if it was... It, 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 tr- it makes attempts at humor, but they always fall flat, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And you can see them grasping at this Shaun of the Dead-esque humor where, you know, somebody's looking at the phone and they're like, oh, Justin Bieber's a zombie, or they're, you know, there's a... It it, it takes itself seriously, but, the, like, the first musical number after the outbreak is... The joke is Anna and John are walking down the street with their headphones on and they are oblivious to the carnage going on immediately and, behind them in frame. And it's supposed to be funny, but... And it's, it's, it's like, literally the same beat as in Shaun of the Dead. Like, that's yeah. the same scene, almost. Yeah, it is, where Shaun's going to the market. And it, it... I think maybe that's what bothers me so much, is how much of it is aped from that, but yet it even fails on that execution. It's not even, like, a clever twist on it because it's a musical and they're like, oh, it's a beautiful day, you know, like, that's what Yeah, it... yeah I, get, I get you. It's, it's wasted potential in that regard. But I think my primary problem with the film, and I, I know others have said this as, as well, is that it, it has these scenes backed up against one another where, you know... There's also a subplot about Chris's grandmother needing heart medication when they're trapped in the school, and she doesn't make it out alive. And there's a scene where they, you know, Chris sees his dead grandma and, you know, is working through those emotions. And that uh, the scene immediately before, the headmaster is singing an awesome monologue while, you know, trapping the main characters essentially in a cage with zombies and doing, like, a, you know dr awful whatever esque he's it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's such a tonal whiplash and i'm not saying that movies can't pull that off and i'm not saying that films shouldn't try to have their cake and eat it too and i'm not saying that films can't mix both you know manic stuff like this with actual emotional beats but the emotional beats fall so flat and the comedy falls so flat for me I don't know, and I don't know if it's because they're up against one another, or they just, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to put my finger on. It, it it's, a, it's a little too much too quickly, I think. Like, you can, both of those scenes can exist in the same film, but when, like you said, you're right, when they, they have, put them up right against each other, it's a little much. They have no breathing room. The scene between Chris and his grandmother at the end is is very touching and, and very nice, and I actually really enjoyed that because they didn't do the thing that I assumed it would do because it's a zombie movie where, where she turns, yeah, where where he would bend down to kiss his dead grandmother and she would turn and bite him. It didn't do that, and I and I thought for a second like, oh, okay, this film is going to reward his girlfriend's you know good deed of taking care of his grandmother by letting him at least do this, but then the very next scene after that it kind of switches it back up on you and like, oh no, you don't get to have that either. So yeah. I get, I get that. It's, it's that a lot of these scenes aren't allowed any sort of breathing room. 
And 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 I'll also grant you that like this film seems to exist in a world it know okay it knows that zombie movies like are a thing in this universe so it it operates under the same rules that most zombie movies operate under, but then like the big musical number that near the beginning and then at, that the, or the refrain at the end you know there's this where they sing there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending, which is an odd sentiment to have considering that this film has almost exactly the same ending as every other zombie film ever made. Yes. And I don't and know I, if it was intentional or I I get the feeling that some of this production was not troubled, but I feel like there were two different directions that they were trying to pull this film and I don't know if it's because of two different people or something, but you you get that feeling though, don't you? A little bit and I that there I, were two I, different visions. Maybe because you can tell, like they wanted to do two things: they wanted to do a zombie movie and they wanted to do a musical. And I feel like they do one better than they do the other. I feel like the, the actual part, the musical, yes, the musical yeah. is honestly pretty good. The zombie stuff seems ancillary to me. A little bit. There are also some plot holes. Um, there's a musical number pretty early in the film where the lights go out, like basically everything's shutting down. Right. Everybody's lost power. Everybody's lost data. You know, they say humanity's on the edge. And then the next morning, everything is magically powered back up again, and it's never addressed again. Yeah, but it, and, I, I, that's that's the one, well, the one number that I didn't care for, to be honest. Okay. So we can um, get into that. We can get into yeah. that a little bit. The day after this zombie apocalypse happens. Anna and her friends find themselves holed up in the town bowling alley, which is where Anna works. Uh, but yeah, that then the next night after that, like they've holed up there for an entire day. And then the next night, I assume the military is firebombing the town or something because they're just like standing there watching explosions happen that we don't get to see. Yes. And they're singing a song about how, you know, um, they're being shut off from the outside world and they're, you know, they, they don't have a, con- they can't, Connect with anybody else. I need a human voice. Is the the line that they keep singing, and the like. The internet connections are down. The the mobile connections are down, uh, and they're singing it. And then the people in the school are singing it, sort of back and forth like that. And yeah, and then just like the next the next morning, everything it seems like it's not back to normal, but okay again. The, like they're like they're not they're not despairing over this loss of connection anymore. They're like, okay, we got to go. Well, and it's yeah. Like, what are what what does that song serve? Well, it's not only that; it's the power thing, and I, I guess I'm just being, a, well, I mean, I, you know, a whiner, a complainer. But it's like the power goes out when you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. The power is probably not going to come back on and stay back on afterwards. True. And I think maybe I guess it's easier to shoot a movie when you have electric lights in the background. That's, that's pretty true, but you know, it's also pretty easy to wave away if you just say, oh, the the emergency backup might must have come on. They don't do that. Yeah, and it, so. I will say this, though. I did enjoy a lot of, like, the, the lighting and the background lights and all of that, and it, it's... um Oh, it's a good-looking production, yeah. Yeah, and it takes sort of a page from Shane Black where it's like, yeah, when, you know, when there are Christmas lights in the background out of focus, it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good looking. The bowling alley is, I love the lighting and like the bowling alley and the school. There's some great like color mood lighting in all of them. It is really weird though. And I, I guess this, 
it's just like death by a thousand cuts. Like there are these little things about it. Like that high school doesn't feel like a high school. Like it's got like yellow relaxed lighting everywhere. And it's like nobody ever goes to class. I, I don't know. And and also maybe this is just because I've been watching a lot of like school set TV shows lately. Yeah. I'm in the middle of watching Pen 15 on Hulu right now for some reason. Okay. But um, the the school looks like it doesn't. It, it shouldn't be a high school. It should be like an elementary or middle school. Like all the kids that go to the school are obviously like 25. Yeah. And I, maybe that's, I, I guess I can put my finger on it a little bit closer. And maybe this is the thing that bothers me. I guess, I, guess that's, I guess that's my role here is to help you like pin down what your real beef with the movie is. So I think my real beef with the movie, and you can quote me on this, is but the school is a good example of it. But you can see it also in like the town and the bowling alley and elsewhere is that it doesn't feel like a convincing living world. And maybe that's, maybe things are like that in Scotland. Maybe it's just my limited point of view, but everything just feels a little sound setty and off. You uh, heard it here first, folks. Scotland, not a convincing living world. No, no. <laughs> Anna and the Apocalypse. Um <laughs> I can't count the number of times that these these characters went through a plastic sheet that was just hung up for some reason, like in a shop class, or yeah, yeah. Well, in a bowl, that's, or, that's one of those that's one of those little flourishes that just it looks better on film and it makes the movie look more interesting for two seconds. And it does, and you can do it once, maybe twice, but when you mm. keep doing it, it's a little weird. There are some great set pieces in this movie, and I I like it. And if they had leaned into that surrealness a little bit more, like, It Follows is a great example of this. Everything in that movie feels off, but it's intentionally off, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're in this weird, like, pseudo-1980s where everybody dresses weird, but they have, like, clamshell (laughs) e-readers. That is the most baffling, like, product I've ever seen in a major motion picture. I want it so bad. It's such a cool little thing. Um... But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it's 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 a very specifically designed world. But then this this movie, I think maybe just because the fact that they're leaning more into the musical aspect of the film than the zombie aspect, like they're taking that as an a excuse to make it up to be like this heightened sort of school play kind of atmosphere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess that's my main beef with it, and it's it's a cop out, but it's really. My main beef with it is, I, you know, when you just don't like something and you can't put your finger on why. Yeah. And I I should have liked this, but I don't know. It's like death, like I said, death by a thousand cuts on Mm. like little stuff like this, like the plot holes and and everything like that. But I was saying there, there are some good set pieces, like the indoor forest where they're, they're in the Christmas tree shop. I I have a really clever kind of a problem with that scene actually go on go okay off. so so basically the whole point of that scene is like they're they're cutting through this christmas tree store it's like it's like a warehouse full of christmas trees because it's it's between them and the school like it's a shortcut yeah so they're going through the christmas tree store and this like mechanical santa claus toy pops out from one of the trees and they're like oh oh thank god it's not a zombie nobody's known but then zombies pop out from behind them, and I'm like, did the zombies set a trap? They're zombies. 
Yeah. It, it, the movie yeah. plays it like the zombies set a trap, and it just seemed off. Again, it seemed off to me. Like it's it, little stuff like this, isn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, the, I mean, like I said, like this movie clearly cares more about its musical numbers than its zombie stuff. Which okay, isn't, isn't that, <laughs> doesn't that just make us the biggest nerds ever? That that bothers us. <laughs> no, because that's what we're here to do. You know, like if we can't nitpick this stuff, and if we can't draw on our experience of watching other horror movies and stuff, then what are we doing here? You know. And I will. I'm gonna go ahead and say this: bigger fan of musicals than I am of zombie films, hands down. And I guess, but the zombie stuff still bothers me. Like, but I guess for my part, like, uh, Shaun of the Dead is still like one of, if not the my favorite movies. So let me say that again because that didn't seem right. Uh, but I guess for my part, <laughs> of Shaun the of the Dead that exist in the world of the, all of them, Shaun of the Dead is one of them. That is my favorite <laughs> of the movies I have seen. Shaun of the Dead is definitely among them, and in, on the mo- on the list of movies that I do like that I have seen, Shaun of the Dead may or may not be on top of that list. What Very I'm saying good. is, I really love Shaun of the Dead, and and. So I'm naturally going to be comparing this film to that one. But it seems to be inviting the comparison at every turn because it's definitely trying to capture, recapture that magic mm. of being as sort of a zombie comedy with romantic elements, with sort of more whimsical elements, with musical elements. But this one leans a lot heavier on the music than Shaun of the Dead did. Yes. Um, and almost to the point of seeming like it cares more about being a musical, like we've said. So when it does reference Shaun of the Dead, it seems odd to me that it's like trying to like call its shot when it clearly should be trying to be more like its own thing. Yeah, like more like its own thing. Like the other the other movie that this really reminded me of was Sing Street. Have you seen that? No. It's it's it's, it's another sort of recent musical about high schoolers, but it's 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 more geared towards sort of like the musical numbers in that film feel kind of like the ones in this film where it's it's less sort of it's not necessarily staged like an episode of glee but it's kind of close hmm. and i think that was also that was one of uh john's notes before he had to uh dip out on us was that he said uh, it's no he didn't say glee he said high school musical he said it's like if high school musical was Shaun of the dead and ends up sounding worse than that combination suggests and that's yeah and that's the other thing this is like this should be greater than the sum of its parts, but I'm afraid it's just the sum of its parts. Mm, yeah, and and to be fair, like I can I can acknowledge that th- this movie has issues and problems and things that don't quite work for me, but like on the whole, I don't know. I just in, I think it left me with a better sense than it left you. I guess I enjoyed it more, okay. and and then that's. Maybe it's uh, th- the headspace I was in. I don't know. It it might have been. You know, this is definitely uh, an odd duck. I'll say that. Um, Should we go through the rest of the plot synopsis real quick? I suppose. I, mean, I don't know how much there how much there is left to do. I mean, they get back to the school, and then the the real like surprise twist of the third act, which really is much of a surprise, but it kind of took me off guard, was how hard the headmaster went into like straight up villain mode see and this is something i actually liked and i thought they could have leaned a, if they had leaned a lot more into like the kind of stuff that was like in his musical number yeah. i think it should have been more of a comedy and less on the drama and i think there's a space for the drama but i don't know 
I don't know that this film needed a villain. Not necessarily the villain part, but it could have been a little more like manic. Like the other good nut, like the other musical number that I really liked was Nick's Soldier at War. Like that, that was a good number. That was pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. So, where, where they they meet up with Nick and his 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 bros in this in the middle of this parking lot, basically, and they've been looting all night, and then they put on this musical number about how they're ready to go out and fight the zombies. And each one of them has a specific weapon. Like Nick has his aluminum baseball bat. Uh, one of his buddies has a bunch of knives done up like between his knuckles, like he's Wolverine, and he, which is <laughs> stupid. Which, but it's the best is, kind of stupid. It's, it's a it's a good kind of stupid. I really wish he had like really fucked one of his hands up because like that seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but the other guy, like one of them, has a, a PlayStation controller that he uses, like a grappling hook. I didn't even notice it was a controller. I see. I was yeah. Like, yeah, like, like he, he he like he like swings it around a zombie's legs and it it catches and he knocks it down. Yeah, and then the fourth guy has two watermelons, <laughs> which is all right, okay. And there's like there's a really great shot where he's like smashing the watermelons on top of a zombie's head, and it cuts back to like him like throwing his head back while watermelon bits just shower all over him, and it's so strange. <laughs> yeah, little moments like that in this movie are kind of what I live for, like. I just I I love so much of the little stuff around it that like the the bigger picture I can forgive some of the bigger problems in it I guess. All right. I don't know. So yeah, so they're back yeah. in the school and the headmaster has gone crazy. Yes. And he I'm not exactly sure what goes on here because like at this point all the other people that are still in the school have decided that they need to get out and he refuses because this is his school and he's going to decide what gets done and i think he just basically feeds them to the zombies yeah he lets the zeds in essentially and is, has basically created like a safe zone for himself inside of part of the school he, he's locked himself inside the cafeteria kitchen yeah yeah with like the the great like barricade that comes down which i noticed has like a star of david kind of design to it which is yeah. which was kind of a neat touch it was cool. It's a cool Even, great. It, ten it, out of ten on that great. Oh, that's a great, uh, great, great, great design. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, but one of the, uh, I guess we could talk about a little bit more of the Christmassy side of this movie because it, for the most part, it kind of isn't. Yeah, it's ancillary, and it's. I, I have to wonder, as I always wonder with stuff like this, if it was to check a box. Probably like it's yeah to get that SEO like that marketing SEO market pump and like right you know put it out during the holidays say it's a Christmas movie hey everybody's gonna download it all the Christmas yep. movie podcasts out there they're gonna want to talk about it they're gonna <laughs> each download it and rent it for six dollars a piece that's eighteen dollars we get them we got them we got them chalk another one up for for big big movie anyways gee <laughs> bread when you put it that way it makes me sound like an asshole. Why? <laughs> because I made us spend eighteen dollars on this movie. There you have it. No. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So the the final the the final confrontation in this film is a strange one because mm-hmm. Anna finally gets to like the, the school auditorium where the headmaster has her dad tied up on the stage and he's he's tied him up with Christmas lights because sure okay yeah and the zombies are all down in the in the uh, the audience section and they're up on the stage and she has to fight her way through the zombies to get to them and a musical number plays out because of course it does 
it's an okay musical number. It's a it's a pretty good one. Like it's it's choreographed well. I like I like the way the uh, the fight choreography in it. I'd but Anna, by the way, mm-hmm. throughout most of the third act of this film, Anna her big weapon is this giant candy cane with a spike on the bottom of it mm-hmm. that that she got from the Christmas tree store. Yes. But apparently, it's like a really heavy duty piece of of artillery because she destroys people with it. Yes, and. She does a song and dance number. She dances her way through the zombies and fights a bunch of zombies and makes her way onto the stage. And the final conflict, she fights the headmaster. She unties her, un, her, she unties her dad. Uh, her dad beats up the headmaster, but then he gets wounded in the process. And Anna has to leave them both. Yep. Uh, and the very end of the film, Anna and Nick make it out of the back of the school and they are surrounded by zombies and all seems lost. But then it starts to snow mm-hmm. as with any good Christmas movie. Uh, snow means something magical is about to happen. And indeed it does because uh, Steph, the news girl drives up in her car and rescues them both. Yep. The and end. they drive off into the sunset while singing. No such thing as a Hollywood ending, which is a Hollywood ending, which they're, they're, I guess they were going for there. Which don't is know. a Hollywood ending, which is also like as it's it's the zombie movie ending of the three characters you didn't think would make it out kind of made it out alive. I mean, everybody knew Anna was going to make it out. Well, of course, but like uh, it's such a strange collection of like characters that you're really not sure which two or which ones are going to make it out alive. Really? Yeah. Like, I, no. I the two that make be... it out are two that I honestly thought were like zombie bait. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Nick and. What, John, is it? Mm-hmm. That would probably be Nick, John, and... I don't and know, and that was another one of uh, J5's notes, and we can we can address that right now. Like he, John, before he had to leave, he, he basically sent us his notes on this movie. Yes. Uh, so we'll address those for him. Uh, he said, with regards to Anna's friend John, uh, is the subversion of meant-to-be-guy-who-gets-the-girl cliche at this point so common that the subversion is now the cliche? Yes. Because John does, in the middle of all of the uh, zombie kerfuffle, he does get bitten, and uh, he does sacrifice himself so that the rest may live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I I kind of took it as one more example of this movie kind of cribbing Shaun of the Dead, because, like, if you've seen Shaun of the Dead, you know, spoilers for that movie... Uh, yeah, Ed gets bitten, Sean's best friend, and it's it's a very tragic scene. And I think this movie was trying to go for a little bit of that, and it came off more as just kind of a shocker, like a shocker in the moment, rather. Yeah, but I, I it's not see, as dramatic, I think, because I because we don't we're not attached to John the way we we're attached to Ed. Because we spend the entire film with Ed, and then it's actually they're in the basement of the bar, and it's it's a good scene, and it's quiet, and it's an intimate scene, and like you think for a moment that it's actually going to be serious, but it's of course it's Ed all over, so he makes his fart joke uh-huh. before yeah, before passing, and then at the end of the film also, and this is the uh, it, I'll actually get into this right now. Let's um, do it. Yeah. At the at the end of Shaun of the Dead, we find out that a lot of the zombies, you know, can more or less be chained up and are are still living. And so Sean goes out back and and hangs out with Ed in the garden shed. Uh and they're still they're still BFFs, even though Ed is is a zombie. Uh yeah, I it's, think, it's I a think pretty the movie, fun little treat. I think the movie refers to them as living impaired, which is just 
beautiful. Yeah, and it, you know, it shows them like pushing shopping carts and doing other menial labor, which of course is a great little piece of commentary on on uh, minimum wage labor. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought, yeah, I guess the, I, the, the point the question, being that mm-hmm. the point. I'm sorry. The point being that like John's death seems kind of unceremonious, and it, it just it just sort of happens. And it happens in a very strange way too, because like there's a running, a, a very bad running gag throughout this film where Anna can't name Santa's eight reindeer. Yeah. And then near the end of the, or I guess second the end act. of the second, near the end of the second act, John suddenly remembers the names of all the reindeer and he's listing them off, and then he gets bitten. When he does like a grand pose that he's named them all. Yeah. It and is, I. It... That is a that is a strange beat. Like I, I it doesn't work for me. It really kind of makes his death seem uh, trivial. Very very trivial. Yes, because he, he he's also he's the first one to go. Actually, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, really. He's the first name. He's like the first main character to go, which yeah, I and, definitely wouldn't have expected. The, the which, question okay, I was. So mm-hmm. I I guess in that in that sense, like maybe that is kind of a. A, a decent surprise that like oh the character the, the one character you assume is going to live is gets off first i guess the dude bros that are with nick get off in the christmas tree farm but it's immediately after that and they're they're not yeah, named but, characters but yeah nick, they don't even get we, named so obviously they get off really quick yeah but back to back to um sean of the dead really quick and i know i know we've harped on this a lot but <laughs> i was half expecting i i i guess I need to give the movie more credit than this. I was expecting some sort of solution to essentially not that Shaun of the Dead wiped away all of this, but I, I mean, after Nick got eviscerated, I, I kind of threw that expectation out of the window, but at least through the first act and the half of half of the second act, I expected there to be some sort of resolution where, I mean, it is an R-rated film. I guess I shouldn't have expected this, but like, where all of the characters, uh, all of the main characters, essentially make it out alive due to some, you know, Deus Ex Machina sort of situation. I don't. Know. I su- I suppose, but the, the the second act does a pretty good job of of setting dashing up just those hopes. Ha- yeah, just dashing every hope because like w- the glimpses we do see of the zombie outbreak in the wider world make it seem like everything is collapsing at once and like the moment that they realize that the army that was supposed to come to escort them to safety uh are now all zombies is a pretty good like all is lost moment because once this once the army is all zombies what do you have left yeah there's there's the scene where they're pushing each other in the shopping carts though and i, I can't remember even, even if it's john or anna that says this but it's like yeah you're no this is all gonna you know this is all gonna blow over you're gonna go traveling I'm going to go traveling. You're going to go to art school. And I, I guess this is before anybody gets killed. So I guess Anna is still naive at this point. And I guess I was too, that I thought that that was actually going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get you there. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think this, the third act really, it doesn't quite up the ante the way it should, I think. As far as it like tries to, of, of yeah, who, who lives and who dies. It tries to do it with making Savage a villain, which mm-hmm. I liked. I thought it was good. I thought his musical number was good. I thought his like weird turn into evil Travis McElroy was like <laughs> very good. It was 
sure, I liked, yeah. I, I liked that part of the movie a lot. And I felt like it could have had a lot more of that, which it didn't in the first two acts, especially when it was kind of up its own ass a little bit. Um, but also, I think the interesting thing to me about his about his sort of heel turn is that like once his all is his all is lost moment comes where he basically decides like okay the world is ending i'm dead i'm going to die i might as well do every horrible thing i've ever wanted to do in this school yeah yes which Um, is which is certainly like in in terms of like zombie outbreak scenarios like definitely a concern like people kind of lose their shit yeah, when you in zombie stories, when when this happens, there's always that one character who's like, "Well, if the world's over, I'm, it doesn't matter what I do now, so I can do whatever I want." Yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> and also, also his musical number where he's like, "I think the song's called Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now." Like, that's definitely an echo of like the Shaun of the Dead "Don't Stop Me Now" number, right? Yeah, yeah. For like, sure. It's almost the same point in the film, even. And I know we're I know we're harping on the similarities between these two films, but it invites them. Like it practically demands that you like acknowledge it. You know? I mean, they put a quote about it on the movie poster. We're gonna do it. They yeah, they yeah. want us to do it. We're gonna do it. Yeah, I know. Like if you didn't want us to do it, you shouldn't have. What, what was the have... quote on the poster? Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. Oh God. Yeah. You know, if I had seen that, I might not have watched this movie. There you go. Ugh. So, I mean, all, um, honestly, all it had to do, yeah. if it really wanted to like invite the Shaun of the Dead comparison, was do the exact same tagline that Shaun of the Dead had, but a little bit different. Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead's tagline was a romantic comedy with zombies. This movie, all it had to do was say a high school musical with zombies, or a Christmas musical with zombies, if they still really wanted to do the Christmas thing, which again we agree is wholly ancillary. Yeah, it's 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 like. T- third on the list of things this movie cares about <laughs> maybe fourth honestly maybe fourth. <laughs> i think uh, i feel like pretty lighting is is ahead of christmas movie on that list yeah yeah definitely here here's the thing too about it is i this was not a particularly high budget production was it i don't no. think it was i think and this is very norm, you know, normy of me to say, but I think they could have gotten a lot more mileage out of the Christmas thing and the musical thing if they had at least had one or two licensed pieces in it. Yeah. Because we, we have Lisa's number at the school play, which is obviously trying to be um, Santa Baby. I was re- like, I was so ready for that, and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it, 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 it. This movie does this twice. In fact, the first thing that we hear in this movie is, you know, some some bass reminiscent of Mariah Carey's fantastic "All I Want for Christmas Is You," but mm-hmm. it's it's a knockoff, and it's like you know, holidays are about the care, you know, it's you know whatever. But we all know that it's supposed to be "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Not saying they should have gotten that, but right or like it, it, the 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 song it starts out and you and for a second you think it's 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 Christmas by Darlene Love, but then it just like takes a left turn and goes into uh, unlicensed song we wrote for the movie. Uh, yeah, territory. And I know that we usually don't like this sort of trope of dark gory subject matter or not that we don't like it but it's a little tired 
to have, you know, a fight scene or somebody getting killed with, you know, happy Christmas music playing over it. But if you're yeah. not going to do it in a Christmas zombie musical, where the hell else can you do it? Like, I was a little disappointed that they didn't do it at least once. Right. Like, even in that Jason Statham movie we watched, Wild Card, like, he's, he's like, killing people left and right to... You know, like Bing Crosby, I think it was. Yes, and it's so good. And it could have been even, you know, taken to a new height here because it's completely appropriate. And yet, you know, and there are there's there are great unlicensed Christmas songs, too, that you can use. But th- I guess they didn't think that it was that was not part of their vision. And I, I feel or, like that's a, a, a missed opportunity. I, th- I think because of the the apparent size of the budget, like they what they could have done but what didn't was write a christmas song for anna to kill zombies to but they didn't even do that because the song that she sings at the end is not it's not a christmas song it's a a song about sort of advancing the plot forward and her like character growth so yeah on the one hand like sure that's fine but also this is a christmas movie ostensibly right yeah ostensibly and missed opportunity it would have been great then again you know i i take it that's probably a, a good reason one good reason why the movie's called Anna and the Apocalypse and not like and, and Anna that there's no and the Christmas, Christmas reference. Apocalypse. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no Christmas reference in the title of the film. Yeah. Like Again, leading to the feeling that it was kind of tacked on, or at least after the initial script had been written, oh let's set it at Christmas. Yeah. Because why not? I, f- I feel like th- this is a good lead in to um the crankometer, because we're going to yes. have to talk about some of that. Uh, the crankometer, if you're not familiar, is our patented scale of how to rate these movies on an X and Y axis, because that's just the kind of thing we do around here. The X axis is how Christmassy a film is versus the Y axis, which is how good the film is. Uh, so on the X axis, uh, Brad, we've kind of been dancing around it. Uh, how Christmassy is Anna the Apocalypse? I mean, I wouldn't go any higher than a a one is the, my maximum. I'm inclined to say zero, or maybe even a negative one. Because see, here here's where I was going before we had to transition into crankometer. This is definitely one of one of the films that sort of proves your theory that one out of every twelve films take place at, takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Because it kind of is sort of a happy accident that this t- takes place at Christmas. <laughs> it could have happened any other time of year and would have worked just as well. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was just like a school play, it would have it would have worked. It would have been any, fine. Any school play, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, pretty I, much I think... the only yeah the only set pieces we get that are related to Christmas are Anna's weapon of choice and the the Christmas tree shop, the Christmas tree farm, and whatever. also in in the finale. Um, Anna saves her dad from the headmaster by uh, dropping the Christmas star on him yeah. from the school but that, play. That could have been anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could have been a giant. I don't know what they do for school plays in Scotland. A giant. It, it, it could have been a wall. I don't know. It, it could have been like the, uh, the the school emblem, like mounted on the yeah. wall or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I feel like it's a happy coincidence, and I feel, like I said about the musical numbers, I feel the wasted potential drags it into almost a negative one for me. Uh, That's tough, yeah. (sighs) That's the lighting, the the Christmas-type lighting in the background of a lot of scenes is very good. 
It's yeah, it's adequate. One of the one of the decent running gag. It's not. Let's see. I can't even call them running gags because they're not funny and they're they don't they don't run. Uh, John's yeah. John's Christmas sweater like is a Christmas tree sweater and it lights up and when he becomes a zombie we just randomly cut back to him as a zombie and he hits his sweater to make it light up when he's a zombie. Yeah, that's not that's not anything. <laughs> See, uh, this is another complaint. I'm gonna bring it back to Shauna Dead again because we oh, were treated boy. to this weird cop out where you know the main characters that have been turned into zeds have this like shadow of sentience mm-hmm. like you know, the two the 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 power couple lisa and chris Ma- chris like are shuffling around in the same room together and their hands touch and is that a coincidence we don't know maybe it isn't and then we cut over to John, who who activates his Christmas sweater as he's just kind of twitching on the floor. Did he do it intentionally? Again, we don't know. I don't know, man. It's it pretty like ambiguous, a yeah. It, 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 a little bit. Anyways, <sighs> let's get back to the crankometer. I'm so, going to go ahead and put my throw my hat in for n- negative one. Uh, that's Maybe tough for me. Zero. That's zero. tough for me because I... I, I... I know we're we're not getting into the Y axis quite yet. We're still dealing hashing out Christmas, but you know I can't argue with anything you're saying. And like everything that they do in this film that is Christmassy is kind of the word we keep coming up with: ancillary, tacked and on. tacked on, and fairly unnecessary. Does it add to the movie's like Christmas spirit? Not really. It adds like, to the this... SEO. You get a creepy, yeah. San- creepy Zed Santa. Great, good job. Con- yeah, converts. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is, you're, you're right. Like you, I thought I was going to be bringing you up to my, my opinion of the film and you're actually bringing me down to yours and I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. It's, yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to say this is a, a solid zero cause like it doesn't really misuse it, but it misses a lot of opportunities. It misses so many opportunities. There's, this movie could have been filled with set pieces, but other than who dresses up as a snowman i guess it's one of the christmas play people but whatever i don't you even know? think he was i think it was just some guy dressed in a snowman costume that happened to cross them in 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 a graveyard yeah yeah that's we we sh- we forget, neglected to mention the first zombie that anna and john encounter as they're doing their musical number through the graveyard is just some rando in a snowman costume because and then Christmas? And then Anna and John lure him to a playground, I'll remind you, next to a graveyard, where Anna Again. takes its head off with a seesaw. Again, this world just doesn't feel lived in, doesn't feel realistic for a lot of reasons. I'm sure there are playgrounds next to cemeteries, but come on. I suppose. Anyways. <sighs> you're, you're bringing me down here, Brad. I, I, I can't believe it. I... I'm usually trying to drag you all kicking and screaming upwards on the crankometer, but <laughs> I, I'm just not feeling this one. So a zero. Yeah, uh, let's say a zero. I mean, it doesn't misuse its Christmas trappings, but it doesn't really take the opportunity to do much with them either. It's Christmas carbon neutral, really. It feels it's a, a little cynical, honestly. It's... Yeah. I mean, it's it's not quite so quite as bad as as Better Watch Out, but uh, it's, it's in the not. same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. 
and which is a shame, which is a real shame. Like that was one of the thing, one of the things I was most excited about to what to discuss, watch and discuss on this show. You know, that's why that's yeah. why we're doing this movie in the first place. So yeah, uh, solid. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be a drag, but I'm just uh, uh, calling him as I see him. You're killing me, Bradford. Um, all right, well, let's uh, jump over to the y-axis and talk about the the actual quality of this film. Which there again, uh, I feel like you're going to be bringing me down because like somewhere well, I in I was thinking about this when I was watching the film. Somewhere around the halfway point of this film, I was thinking this is a solid four for me, but I'm not so sure anymore. Why don't, how about this, to give you the benefit of the doubt, to give this movie the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to be quiet, and why don't you start by telling me where you think this falls on the quality scale, and why you think that. And okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna talk until you're done. Okay. So like I said, I thought initially that I might give this a four, and I have, de- in the course of this conversation, I've decided I'm going to come down a little bit and say this this movie is a three. And here's why I want to say it's a three, because it is a, a still a fairly competently produced musical above the zombie sort of uh, motif of the film, above the Christmassy stuff. Like the actual musical numbers, for the most part, are fairly well, well performed, well choreographed, well staged. And I appreciate that. Like I, I do at least can appreciate a good musical number. And in the sense that this is kind of a musical set in the world of a zombie apocalypse, I think this does it better than most could, but it still kind of falls short in, a, in some key areas. So while I'm going to say I really appreciate what this film does as a musical, I cannot necessarily say that it's a very good zombie movie. Okay. So you brought me up there a little bit. So I am going to make the case for a one. I didn't, although I've been dragging this movie this entire episode, I didn't hate this movie. I I didn't think it was a waste of time watching it. I just felt as though there was a lot of missed opportunities and a lot of wasted potential. And I was really excited to watch this movie. And I wanted to like this movie, but it just never got there for all of these little reasons between... The world not really feeling lived in and not leaning into its creepiness, you know, its its weirdness, not giving either, you know, trying to have it both ways and, and having dramatic scenes and manic scenes and not really giving either of those scenes any sort of breathing room or just picking a lane and staying with it and, and you know, it, it recognizing what its strong suits are. It, it tried to do too much. I... I, I and it, or it, the way that it tried to do it, it, it ended up sort of falling flat for me. And like I said before, it should be greater than the sum of its parts because it sounds like a rollicking good time, but it ended up just kind of being the sum of its parts. Yes, it was a competent musical, especially considering that it was low budget. Um, you know, some of the songs are really good, really fun. Um, well choreographed. I I thought the acting was fine, which I don't think we actually addressed at all this go round, but it was fine. But yeah, yeah, you're right. We didn't really get into that, but the the acting is for the most part, you know, 
competent. I, competent. Like it's it's this it's like good filmmaking should be invisible, you know? It's that's yeah. the thing they always say. So like the fact that we're not remarking on it kind of tells you that it they didn't do anything poorly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be the nerd who's who harps on zombie logic and everything like that, because that's so tired and played, but some of the plot holes kind of got to me a little bit, especially regarding the electricity, which is a very nitpicky thing, but I don't know. You just don't have the power go out. Come on, folks. <laughs> um, Yeah, Death by a Thousand Cuts, but I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. I don't think I'll ever watch it again or want to watch it again, but I'll give it a one. Um, so where are we going to go so, with this? Uh, I guess, do you want to split the difference and say a two? Because... I'm uh, fine with that. I don't know where John. I think John. I think John kind of. I got the impression that John kind of liked it. Maybe. Maybe and a yeah, little no, bit. He didn't hate it. He didn't like detest it like he does most movies. So that's positive for him. It's like uh, I don't know, man. That's not a very good analogy. It's sometimes when you go and eat food and you're excited about how this is going to taste and then you get it and it's just kind of an okay time. Can I tweak your analogy just a little bit? Yeah. It's like when a new fast food joint opens up in town and you're really excited to go eat there. And then once you eat there, you realize, oh, this is still just fast food. Yeah, it, it, exactly. That's a, that's a good, that's an apt analogy. That's a better analogy than mine. Okay, so uh, even though John's not with us, he he is currently texting me right now as we record this, and I From asked beyond him beyond the grave. No, sorry, <laughs> no. Uh, and I did ask him uh, what he would have scored this film, and he replied back with a zero zero. Okay. He said the the Christmas was all just set dressing, and while it wasn't bad, and he hasn't finished his thought yet. So it sounds like John and I sort of agree on this. This seems to be like the running theme of this podcast is you and John agree and I have to like defend myself against both of you. <laughs> it's fun, This happens a lot. It? This it, Yeah, let me tell you, this sure is great. This is what film critics put up with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that at least somebody usually is enjoying these movies. Uh so I don't think John ever finished his his thought, so I'm just going to Zero 2. Yeah, we're so uh on your your crankometer score, uh place uh Anna and the Apocalypse as a zero two, Bookum Booker. Uh, yeah, Bookum Booker. Uh, this film, like we said, uh, doesn't do Christmas quite the justice it deserves. But uh, yeah, it's a halfway decent musical, all things considered. Mm, I okay. was <laughs> again. Well, I'm gonna be a downer. Hang on. I'm still it's gonna fine. <sighs> I can't. Sorry. Have, you, you guys won't let me have anything on this show. I swear to God. It's a competent musical. It's fine. It's That's fine. what I said. I said it wasn't half bad. Okay. <laughs> God. Competent Art. is different than not half bad. Just... Anyway, Split no, some I'm... hairs with me, why don't you? Jeez. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I think this is uh, the strongest I've ever felt about a movie on this show, honestly. In But my feeling is, eh. Yeah, but <laughs> this is a pretty strong eh, let me tell it's you. It's a very strong eh. The last thought I'll give is that mm-hmm. the one detail that I thought was pretty funny was when they were the kids were looking on the news at like the zombie outbreak stuff going on around the world, and they saw that people were posting their evacuation selfies with the hashtag evac selfie. I thought that was pretty funny. It was all right. It wasn't uh, all right. Jeez, Brad, I can't, you can't 
You don't. You didn't. Oh God! I'm not I giving swear. you anything. I know. You're not giving I'm me sorry. a single fucking thing here, are you? No, not really. <sighs> well, <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm just in a bad place right now. Maybe. Well, yeah. everybody, Christmas is ruined. Uh, thanks for I listening can... to Christmas Creeps. <laughs> you wouldn't have suspected it, but that's the twist ending. Is Brad is the one who killed Christmas? <laughs> without without John to to drag us into video game chat, there's kind of not a whole lot left to discuss. So you can uh, follow us on social media. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, we're not actually on LinkedIn, but we're on all the other big ones. So please, please find us there. I'm sure you can find it if you search our name. Um, I'm still on you. Friendster. <laughs> yes. All of our oldest episodes actually got deleted from MySpace recently. But um, yeah, like like, uh, like dust in the wind, all of our episodes gone. All the episodes of our previous podcast. Um no, you can. Okay. We we really would appreciate it if you uh, shared it with a friend. If you enjoy the show, uh, word of mouth. We don't do any advertising, so uh, word of mouth is how how we get more listeners. So if if you enjoyed this or any other episode, maybe maybe share it with a friend or a loved one. Uh, and if you could rate us on iTunes or or email us some feedback. What's our email, Joe? Our email is xmascreeps at gmail Thank you. We're always looking to hear feedback, good or bad. Uh, it's it's how we improve. It's how we make a better product. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, those of you that have already written in or reviewed us, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we really appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening. Especially that one guy. If you're still listening after all the things that you said to us, uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> Thank you? No. <laughs> um, we appreciate all of our listeners, even Absolutely. if they're hate listening for some weird reason. Some ungodly reason, yeah. If you're hate listening to a podcast that has like a couple hundred listeners, like what are you doing with your life, really? Um, but anyway, yeah. that said, uh, follow us on Twitter at Christmas Creeps. Uh, do all the stuff Brad told you to do. Uh, we will throw up the, uh, the GoFundMe link for uh, John's cat uh, in the show notes, and we'll put that on, on uh, Twitter for you all to link and boost please do that if you feel like uh, donating to a lovely lovely cat um we'd really appreciate it and i think that about does it yep so for christmas creeps uh i am joseph wade i'm bradford and that's christmas creeps good night everybody happy christmas Happy Christmas! Ba 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 